0: Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232 1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or you can reach out via the KPEL app chat like so many of you did yesterday, appreciated the conversations on and off the air if you do not have the KPEL app, you need to get it so that you can catch all of the news of the day plus have those conversations with us on the air. It's always fun to be able to interact with y'all through there. Now, I want to start with a little bit of advocacy journalism from the folks at the Advocate or as Moon so lovingly refers to them, the Devil's Advocate. Rebecca Holland at The Advocate. Had a piece yesterday. Louisiana's top school leader addresses controversial Moms for Liberty group, faces protesters. He spoke to a group that has chapters across the country. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight people protesting his appearance before this group. Now, the left does not like Moms for Liberty. The left does not like parents who want to be involved with their children's education. In fact, Rebecca Holland at The Advocate refers to the Southern Poverty Law Center and their analysis of Moms for Liberty. The Southern Poverty Law Center is a far left organization that finds any conservative group and labels them a hate group. It should not shock you to know that the Southern Poverty Law Center has described, let's see, has described Moms for Liberty as an anti-government extremist group. I don't know of any any chapter of Moms for Liberty that has advocated the tearing down of our system of government. They have opposed what some in the public education, the government-run education system, are doing, but they have not ever advocated anything anti-government. But that's how the SPLC wants to describe them. Now, what was Cade Brumley doing there? Cade Brumley was talking about the advancements Louisiana has made in its education system. And he was asked some questions about gender ideology in schools like that, and he really kind of sidestepped most of it. But this article, this article was not really newsworthy. An education leader goes to speak to an education advocacy group. This stuff happens all the time. But it is a conservative group or a group that is aligned with conservative ideas. And there were protesters and it, it's Interesting to note the affiliation of these protesters. One of the protesters is with a group called Reproductive Justice Action Collective. What does reproductive justice have to do with education advocacy? Very strange. Very strange that it would... The abortions rights groups would feel the need to protest this. There's something else going on there, but we'll get to that some other time. Louisiana's top school leader spoke Monday night to the local chapter of Moms for Liberty, a parental advocacy group that has drawn nationwide controversy for its opposition to COVID rules and support of anti-LGBTQ legislation. State Superintendent of Education Cade Brumley mostly stuck to talking about state priorities like early childhood education, literacy and technical education. But he fielded questions from the group about issues like gender ideology and faced about a dozen vocal protesters who said he shouldn't be representing the state to such a divisive organization. Nationally, Moms for Liberty groups have made headlines for pushing to remove library books, opposing vaccine mandates, promoting bans on critical race theory, and calling for bans on gay teachers talking about their relationships in classrooms, among other controversies. Let's break that down. Pushing to remove library books. No, they didn't. That never happened. Moms for Liberty and other groups have called for moving Books that are sexually explicit out of sections that have access that, that minors have access to. Does a sexually explicit book need to be in an elementary school library? No, it does not. Does that mean that the that libraries that, that we're calling on a complete ban of the book? No, we are not. That's not what the advocates are calling for. They want sexually explicit material removed from places where minors can access them. Opposing vaccine mandates. Is that really so controversial? People have done that for decades. Ah, but it's a COVID vaccine. That's clearly a fringy right wing thing. We can't allow that. People on the left and the right have been opposing vaccines for decades. Promoting bans on critical race theory. What's so interesting about the critical race theory argument is that none of the people who say it's a bad thing to ban it can actually explain what it is. Ibram X. Kendi who is an advocate for critical race theory, cannot describe racism without using the word racism. It's a He is a logical fallacy whenever he talks about it. But critical race theory is something that teaches kids, in, when it's used in schools, teaches kids that there is an inherent imbalance of power, an imbalance of equality. And the kids are supposed to go there to learn the basics of, Of their educational needs. Bans on gay teachers talking about their relationships in classrooms. At what point is it ever appropriate for a teacher to talk about their relationships in the classroom? Straight or gay, no teacher should be talking about their marriage or their relationships to their students. How are these controversial? The local chapter has vocally supported controversial bills in the Louisiana legislature like one that would ban gender affirming care for transgender minors. Or, if we want to be more accurate about it, Rebecca Holland, bills that would allow for doctors to mutilate the genitals of children, to put them on hormone therapies that are not scientifically proven to actually help kids with gender dysphoria. Before Brumley's talk at the Jones Creek Library, protesters upset with his decision to address the group, chanted, bans off our bodies, bans off our books, and separate the church and state, our state is no place for hate. You know what's interesting? Nobody on the right that's mainstream is bringing religion into this. Sure, these are God-fearing people, They are mostly Christian, but this isn't a religious debate. I've said this before, but let me say it again. The people who are advocating for all the things that Moms for Liberty are against are essentially advocating for getting rid of the age of consent. That's what they're doing. And more than that, they are trying to separate the child from the child's need for parenting. They're trying to get parents out of the equation. Once again, like I said the other day, parents are ultimately the enemy here. Because a societal transformation that these groups are pushing for can't happen when concerned parents don't want their kids exposed to a whole lot of stuff that kids mentally, emotionally, physically are not prepared to handle. If you think that a kid is emotionally and biologically and physically and psychologically prepared to transition to another gender to get the surgery necessary to become another gender, to be put on the hormones needed to transition to another gender, you are advocating for the elimination of the age of consent. The age of consent is there because children are not able to fully comprehend sex. So they cannot comprehend that, but somehow they can comprehend that they are not the right gender. And so they clearly need all this medical help and all this training and all of this instruction to understand that they were born the wrong gender. It doesn't work like that. This push by the advocate, by the media in general, by the left in general, to say that Moms for Liberty, a group that cares about their kids and want their kids to receive actual education on the topics that matter, read and write and arithmetic. The left is advocating against all that and pushing an ideology that has no relevance to the child's educational needs. Again, normally an educator or an education leader goes to speak to an educational group and it's not news. But because it's this group. But because it is a group. That is of the right. A group that is a local chapter of a major national grassroots organization. That is gaining a lot of popularity and is gaining success. They have to be shut down and Cade Brumley has to be attacked for going to speak to this group. That is not journalism. That is activism. And this reporter is pushing an agenda rather than facts. Facts. 232 1542 is the number, or use the KPL app chat to take part in the conversation. We'll take a break. We'll be back here on The Joe Cunningham Show in just a moment, right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you're looking for more great conservative content throughout the day, why don't you head on over to my site, redstate.com? I'm a senior editor over there, and I work with a lot of great conservatives, putting out a lot of great news and opinion each and every day. Plus, if you use my name, Joe, as the promo code, you can subscribe with a discount to our VIP section where you'll get a ton more great content that you won't find anywhere else. Check out redstate.com today. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232 1542 is the number if you want to call and be part of the conversation. It's it's just kind of funny how that works. Brumley's spoken to a lot of groups. Brumley's said a lot of things publicly. Brumley has come out against gender ideology in many different aspects already, but he spoke to this one particular group, Moms for Liberty. This is a group that is getting a lot of national media attention, and they're getting it because they've been incredibly successful. The Free Press, uh, a news organization, a news outlet that was started by uh, Barry Weiss, former uh, opinion writer for the New York Times. Uh, A couple, and I think I read the story before, uh, but they wrote a story a while back about Moms for Liberty. And... Yeah, it's called Who's Afraid of Moms for Liberty? A very good piece. And it breaks down the controversy surrounding them. And a lot of the controversy is because of missteps at the organizational level. There is nothing in the organization that is anti-government extremism, like the Southern Poverty Law Center labels them. More than half of the 500 candidates... Moms for Liberty endorsed for local school board elections last year won their races. School choice moms provided the margin of victory in DeSantis's first run for governor in 2018. They were a big part of his reelection effort in 2022. Democrat Terry McAuliffe was leading the race for Virginia governor in 2021. Before, his debate remarked that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. That handed the win to Glenn Youngkin, gave the governor's mansion in Virginia to a Republican. Moms for Liberty, these these parents who are pushing for just basic education in the classroom, they're suddenly anti-government extremists because they don't want the government who have full control over their kids. They want a say in what their kids are being taught. And they deserve that say. They are the parents. They know better than some bureaucracy, be it public education or whatever, what's best for their kids. All right, here comes our bottom of the hour news break. We'll be back with more of your news of the day here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and you're listening to the podcast version of my daily radio show. Now, if you want to listen live, all you need to do is download the KPEL News app to your phone. You can listen live every weekday from 3 to 4 p.m. and communicate with the show using the app's chat feature. So go over to your App Store, download the KPEL News app, and listen to my show every day from 3 to 4 p.m. Central Time on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232 1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, quick shout out to Mike and Bro Bridge sends a message through the, the chat. Uh, even Muslim families that that Mike says, you know, they don't have very much in common with him feel the same way about the gender ideology in school. It's not some Christo fascist thing. It's not some it's not some extreme religious thing. It's parents from all walks of life, all cultural uh, backgrounds who are uh, who are opposed to this sort of thing. And what's really interesting to note, we talked about this a couple of weeks back, is that when you know we started seeing some of these reports that Muslim families were showing up and opposing a lot of this gender ideology stuff, uh, the Democrats' response was, well, they've just been brainwashed by Republicans. Same thing with the affirmative action case before the Supreme Court. Well, Asians have been gaslighted into thinking that they've been... Uh, They've been uh, discriminated against by those evil Republicans, as though these minority groups can't think for themselves. Call the Republicans racist all you want, but if you're assuming that minority groups can't think for themselves, I'm not sure it's my side that's really being the racist here. Anyway, moving right along because I haven't talked about this story, and there's been a lot of developments here lately. We need to talk about Joe Biden. We need to talk about his re-election bid, and we need to talk about his son. So right now, the Biden team is very worried that uh, Biden just can't campaign. We're, we're looking at Basement Strategy 2.0 in 2024. This bit from NBC, I think, is telling, from NBC News. Apparent to anyone paying attention is is that the Biden that they may remember from the Robert Bork Supreme Court confirmation hearings of 1987 or the vice presidential debate with Sarah Palin in 2008 is a different man today. His gait is less steady, his speech not as fluid. He has confused Iraq with Ukraine and Rolling Fork, Mississippi with Rolling Stone. At a conference last year, he looked out of the audience and called for a congresswoman who had recently died in a car crash. The Washington Post is reporting similar things. Multiple outlets are starting to say, yeah, this ain't the guy that he was 20 years ago. This isn't even the guy that he was in 10 years ago. Biden's team is doubling down on tactics that reduce the physical toll on the nation's oldest president. He stumbled on stairs. He has had all sorts of gaffes. Uh, The White House has uh, minimized in their planning the public use of stairs and have been using shortened staircases where they could. So he has less of a chance to stumble. Meanwhile. Hunter Biden put his art collection up for sale in spring 2021, just after his dad had gotten elected and sworn in the white house claimed that there was a definite firewall in place that prevented anyone from knowing the identity of the artist uh, of the of of the people who purchased his art that turned out to be a lie business insider has a report out today I think, it was, I think it may have actually come out last night. Business Insider reported that two close friends of the Bidens who donated to the DNC and Biden's presidential campaign purchased a portion of Hunter's paintings. One buyer in particular is Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali. She was appointed to a special commission by the White House either before or after purchasing the expensive paintings from the president's son. Hunter's collection grossed a staggering $1.3 million. ...from the sale with 800000 coming from an individual that Business Insider could not identify. Meanwhile, the DOJ has offered David Weiss, the Trump-appointed holdover that US, uh, US, ta- U.S. Attorney... ...a task with investigating Biden as a witness before the House of Representatives after a ton of allegations that Weiss made about the politicization of the Bi- of the Hunter Biden investigation. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden dialed his father into multiple business-related calls with overseas business partners. At one point, I think even like turning on speakerphone so his dad could talk to the person he was talking to, to that Hunter was talking to. Biden's uh, Hunter Biden's former best friend, Devin Archer, claims that Ukrainian executives at Burisma pressured Hunter to call the elder Biden to help navigate the pending corruption allegations by the Ukrainian government. That former best friend of Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, is expected to testify before Congress later this week. Hunter Biden and Devin Archer were each paid more than like $4 million. They were, paying, they were paid millions of dollars for their work with Burisma, which we don't even know what work they actually did. The FBI has even partially confirmed a report from a confidential source that Biden and Archer were paid an additional $5 million in bribes if Biden protected Burisma from, quote, all kinds of problems. So that leads us to last night when Kevin McCarthy said on Sean Hannity's show, hinted at being a little more comfortable with the idea of impeachment. Now, a little while ago, uh, Dan Bongino brought, brought the, uh, the impeachment stuff up too. He said, I don't care if we lose in the Senate. He, that's what Dan said. He doesn't care if, if you lose the impeachment trial in the Senate. The fact of the matter is every Democrat needs to go on the record with that vote so you can tell which Democrats support the corrupt Biden administration. And I'm kind of on the fence about it. My opinion has always been, and I know some of you are, are, are ready to shout at me that the system is rigged and this wouldn't work. My opinion still is the best form of impeachment is with your vote. There is a lot of smoke in the room you still don't quite have that silver bullet. If they had the silver bullet, Kevin McCarthy, who's an absolute coward and has never found a fence he couldn't sit on, would be 100% pushing for impeachment right now. If he had the silver bullet, if he knew without a doubt he could take Biden down, he would. But he hasn't. And as much as I don't like or respect the guy... His political instincts in terms of his survival are always pretty good. Republicans have a razor-thin margin in the House. If they don't have every single duck in a row, you might not even get all the moderate Republicans to vote to pass the articles of impeachment over to the Senate. Yes, I want every politician on the record when it comes to an impeachment vote. Absolutely. But impeachment has a negative. It tends to turn voters off. There is justice. There is doing the right thing. There's also doing the right thing the smart way. What the Democrats have done is given the Republicans an opportunity. If the Republican Party can get its stuff together. I had to make sure that the, I had the button ready in case I accidentally slipped up there. If the If the Republicans have their stuff together, and they go into 2024, and they take the White House, and they do some serious damage to the Democrats in the Senate, and they can increase their margin in the House, the Democrats have already laid the groundwork. The Democrats have set precedent after precedent, you can absolutely go go up against a former or even current political opponent using the Department of Justice. As much as the Republicans are talking about a weaponized Department of Justice, you know good and well that the moment Joe Biden is out of office, if he doesn't find a safe harbor somewhere, he's screwed. If Hunter Biden doesn't have a house somewhere in a country that doesn't have an extradition treaty, he is screwed. Because you know that the Department of Justice will be sent after the Bidens. And if the Department of Justice doesn't, then you know that the next Republican president will absolutely clean house, rehire people that will go after the Bidens, and then do so. The Democrats have laid the groundwork here. The Democrats have set the precedent. If you don't like the guy who came before, if you think he is a criminal, whether he is or isn't, if you don't like him, if you don't like the way he looks, the way he talks, you can go after him. You can weaponize the entire justice system against that political opponent. You know, you know that the Republicans will take that opportunity in a heartbeat to really go after the Bidens in a way they simply can't through just House Republican committees. I'm not sure you could make impeachment work. And if you try to go for impeachment and fail, you risk alienating and turning off voters ahead of 2024 when you can take control of two branches of government and really stick it to the Biden family business. If you rush into impeachment and you don't have all of your ducks in a row and you don't have that silver bullet... And you don't have a way of convincing a few Democrats to join your side on impeachment. You don't even have a way of getting all of the Republicans to support you on the impeachment. I think there's probably some whispers in the background there. If you don't have all of your ducks in a row, you just gambled away a political point and you gambled away political capital. Which is why Kevin McCarthy won't come out and say that he's for it. He's hinting that it's about time, but he's not pulling the trigger on it. And that tells you what you need to know. Kevin McCarthy will not do something unless he thinks he has a win. And if he wants to survive as Speaker of the House and be in charge of the Republicans in the House, he's got to tread that carefully, and he's going to. The Republicans have an opportunity. Keep digging up more and more and more and more and more and more and keep flooding the zone with it. And at the same time, like I said yesterday, let those presidential candidates. Let the presidential candidates focus on the economy, let them focus on a hopeful message, let them focus on things that voters really and truly care about right now. Because those candidates need to attract voters. And talking about impeaching Biden does not attract voters. It may solidify your voters in a Republican primary, but it doesn't get you new voters in a general election. Let House Republicans deal with that. And then once a Republican takes over in 2025, gets sworn in, then you leverage the full justice system against the Bidens and really get to the bottom of it. 232 1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, let's take our last break for the day. Come back and wrap up the show. Your calls, your messages on the KPL app chat, that and more here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. You know, in case you miss any show, you can always go back and listen. They aren't lost forever once you listen to them. But I do have a request. If you guys listen to The Joe Cunningham Show and you like what you're listening to, Go to your podcast app wherever you're listening to this from and give the podcast a rating and a review that helps get the podcast out in front of more eyes so that we can help the show grow. Thanks again for listening to the Joe Cunningham show right here on news talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham show here on new point five KPL 232 is the number. If you want to get in, in these last couple of minutes, uh, or if you want to send a message through the KPL app chat, you can do that as well. <laughs> uh, Pate from Bro Bridge is the replacement for Joe Biden if impeached any better. That's another scary part. Uh, <laughs> if you impeach Joe Biden, then you have Kamala Harris. And if you thought Biden was uh, bad for the economy and bad for the nation, I I. Openly weep for the nation if Kamala Harris becomes the president. Uh, one of our listeners in New Iberia, the silver bullet is the 17 tapes Barisma CEO has for insurance. But where are they? That the silver, you have to actually have the silver bullets. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, there's. There's been there's, there's a lot happening with the Biden stuff. It's kind of hard to keep track of. But I I go back to what I said a little while ago. I don't like Kevin McCarthy, but he is the, the ultimate political survivor. I mean, this is a guy who was passed over for Speaker of the House because he was having an affair with another representative and still managed to work his, stay in leadership and work his way back to eventually become the speaker become the leader of republicans in the house scandal would not take him down he's not going to pull the trigger on articles of impeachment unless he is absolutely certain they've got it it's a very very big big political risk. It burns a lot of political capital to go through with that. And if you lose it, yeah, you get every Democrat on the record, like Bongino was saying in his, I think his third hour. Yeah, absolutely. You get every Democrat on record as to whether or not they support Biden on that. But you put up articles of impeachment and you failed. That is a black mark. On your um, on your record, on your congressional record, you don't get that victory. You swing and miss on that victory. Voters do hold that against you. So Republicans need to be wary on that. Kevin McCarthy is going to be wary on that. Do I think what he and his family have done is impeachable? Maybe so. Members of his, of his administration definitely need to be impeached. But make sure you have everything laid out ready to go. You need that silver bullet. All right, that's it for me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham. Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham show. Email Joe at redstate.com. The podcast version of the show will be coming up in just a matter of minutes over at joecunninghamshow.substack.com. Listen to it there or catch it on whatever podcast platform you use. If you use Apple or any of those podcast platforms, don't forget to give the podcast version of this show a rating and a review. That just helps open it up to more eyes. We want to get, want to get uh, as many people listening as possible because I love hearing from y'all even if we increase this audience beyond the scope of just our nice little intimate city here. You guys have a great one. Shannon is offsides next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Have a good evening.